wait so you guys don't have like a daylight savings time potential law well potential law that's gonna get passed that stops it from happening again And we are live, and hello, and welcome to Pixel Pints. We are the only global gaming podcast that covers cool, wow that covers two great things, which is good beer and video games. I'm Mitch, your host. McWomble and uh, Burkoff are both chickens and decided not to show up today. I don't know why. It was um, a dodgy internet for one and a bed with a pillow for another. Who knows? We never know. But that's what we got so far. But that doesn't mean we don't have a show. We got people. We got people that are here still. We got Mr. Liam. How's it going? What? It's going well. I'm imagining Matt being blackout drunk again. <laughs> yeah, just just like imagine him just falling asleep on his couch. Just waking up two hours from now and being like, Oh, I was supposed to do a podcast or something. <laughs> or something. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. we're not just a podcast. We're something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know if you played. I don't think I've asked you this question. I don't know if you played, but I just played League of Legends for the first time this weekend. Oh, um, oh dear. Do, do, should I contact your family? Should, should, I, <laughs> should I tell them Mitch needs <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. I can see why it is addicting. Like you're just like, okay, one more match. Okay, one more match. Okay, one more match, and then there goes like five hours, and you're just like, what? <laughs> but I, I, I've never played it just because I'm scared to play it. It's um, I think you would like it actually. It's um, I think it is interesting. That's the the only hiccup about it is there are so many like heroes or champions is what they call them that it's like the premise of the game is quite simple but to actually get the minute finite detail of the game is actually really hard because it's it's all dependent on the champions and the combination of champions and making sure you're balancing each other out or in mid game you can buy items and those items need to like um you need to emphasize either your characters like attributes and what they do well or use them as a way to counter what your opponent is using on the field so it's just really interesting i i i I had a good time i will admit though like i had help (laughs) so i was playing with my my colleagues and it was just um they were they were giving me a lot of tips they're like okay don't use this person like switch it out for this person right now and uh they're like oh yeah these are there's only four buttons you really click so there's like four special abilities and then just your basic attack button so like they're all just like okay this is the specials you want to use in these combos because they work well so like an example was like there was a monkey oh god i forgot his name but it was like a monkey with a staff and he had like this teleport to the person in a certain area that a circle that you have teleport you whack him with the stick with one special, and then there's a special where you like become invisible and make a, a doppelganger for a second for people to shoot at. So you just teleport, whack, 
uh, invisible, walk away, teleport, whack, tell invisible, move away. Like that's just basically all you do, but it's like a great strategy because you have other support pair characters. But anyway, long story short, it's, I actually had a really good time. Isn't that the thing though? Like the more characters they put in it, if you don't have like some mates to help you out, it just becomes very, um, a scary prospect. I, yeah. Most people. I remember I I was playing um, Rainbow Six Siege when that came out. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, this game's great. I'm having a great time playing it. Now, if I want to get back in, I'm just overwhelmed by the amount of different characters the game has now. Oh, I mean, yeah, that that can be overwhelming. Um, I think one of them mentioned like just offhand, being like, "Hey, are you using like a a character cheat sheet?" Like, because that's basically what's out there. It's like, you can find plenty of character cheat sheets to be like, okay, you're using this character. Here are the things you need to know about them. Or like, they're mid-range, or they're they're, uh, they're half tank, half melee, all that kind of stuff. So you kind of like know. Once you, once you understand and play for a little bit, so I only played for like four hours or something like that. But like in that time, I still like kind of understand what the premise of some of most of the verbiage is. Um, so like, at least like going into it, I have a feeling I know what I could do and I feel confident with like five characters already. So like, it's, it's pretty solid. I'm, I can understand why people are addicted to this game. And now I'm like, Hmm, do I want to watch the worlds to make like a curiosity? And I played this whole other battle mode. That's not the regular battle mode. It's, it's very, um, high action, high paced. Um, there is the like huge map, but there's one map where it's like literally everyone is funneled into one lane and it's just mayhem constantly so it's a lot more fun in that aspect compared to like spread out um but yeah i I, i'd say give it a go i think you might like it but you you can always put it down (laughs) i mean i could but Mm. i feel like i could at least i i i remember so many friends in the university playing that game and uh it it was oh me too yeah and they would get addicted and you'd hear from them while you're midway through doing all your coursework and they'll be like, nah, I've just been playing League the whole time. Can't stop. I need to go on my coursework. Oh yeah, like, my... Literally. Some people had to do retakes because they were too addicted to the League. Oh my god. No, I, I, my roommate yeah. wasn't that addicted, but my roommate in college was very much like into League of Legends constantly. I think there was... So as a two-person apartment, I mean a dorm, um, but we had like two what we call unofficial roommates, which is like they didn't like their roommates and they knew my roommate. And so they would just come hang out with us. And so literally we had two, we had like three people in a room playing League of Legends at the same time on their laptops. And I'm here, I'm just like working on shit. And I'm just like, what? Or they forced me to play Kingdom Hearts. Those were the ones that forced me to play Kingdom Hearts and got me in that thing. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. But anyway... Maybe we shouldn't trust them about League. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. But yes, we are are a podcast here that does two great things. Good beer and video games. Please drink responsibly. We are not sponsored by any breweries or beers. Uh, If you would like to follow us, we stream here on twitch.tv slash pixel pints you know what? i'm not even following the stream liam do you mind checking for the chat for me <laughs> i didn't even think about doing that before we started 
Thank you. Uh, yes, twitch.tv slash pixelpints every single weekend. And if you want to go when we know when we go live, you can follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore pints. And we'll tweet, except for this time, because I do not have the tweeters in front of me to tweet because they are all somewhere over the rainbow. Uh, but anyway, you will know when we go live at Twitch. Uh, at pixel underscore pints on twitter and we do have an instagram at pixel pints pod that one is just for posting our episodes you know fun pictures all that kind of stuff not not as related to the podcast hardcore as twitter is so follow us on twitter we also archive every single episode on twitch.tv slash pixel pints and youtube so just search for pixel pints and you will find us right there and every podcasting servicer around the globe i stole that from uh Oh, geez, what's I forgot what team I stole it from. I totally stole it from uh, uh, kind of funny um, <laughs> that that mannerism and everything around the globe. Um, anyway, we talk about two things, which is, you know, but we're not much of beer drinkers, but we got beer talk if we want to talk beer talk. But like I it's like 7 a.m. <laughs> I'm not drinking this morning. <laughs> I did not no, drink anything well, last night. Keith has named me Orange Squash Boy, so uh, I don't think you'll be getting much luck with me either. That's okay. The color of the the the, the subject is basically orange. I mean, I'm doing a um, it's just I just this drink thing. I just I had leftovers of, so I just decided to give it a try. It's like a replenishment drink. So just getting that those electrolytes in this morning. You know, just trying to you know drink healthy, get some grape in there. That's all. That's all I'm trying to do. Drink anything interesting. Doesn't have to be beer, I guess. Don't we can skip. We can have it be drink talk instead of beer talk. Extravagant today. I've got Pepsi. So. Oh, you know what? Did Pepsi you hear? Max. Pepsi Max. Do you um? Do you have Netflix? I know you have it in the UK, but like, do you have Netflix personally? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Did, did, I just saw a documentary. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just saw they posted a documentary that was like, "Where's my jet?" And it's like um, Pepsi in America did a commercial where, with no disclosures, just said, "Oh, if you earn these many points on the the Pepsi points competition, uh, it was like seven million. You could get a fighter jet." And like someone actually got that many points, and Pepsi did not give them a fighter jet. Because they thought, oh, no one's going to get it because that's just an obnoxious number that no one could ever reach. It's just crazy. It was, it's, it was a crazy thing that they put it in marketing and then they couldn't follow up with it, especially because they didn't put a disclosure on their, on the screen at all to say, like, no, you can't earn a jet. Like, they're not going to oh, give you a fighter God. jet. But this guy, like, worked hard to get one. I'm like, oh, my God. It's yeah. crazy. But anyway. My girl. I, I know, right? And I was just like, it's crazy. <laughs> People come up like, with this there's shit. All, there's always a guy out there. Yeah. You see shit like that. That's why goes, disclosures are real. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and in the 90s, everyone thought everything was freaking real that they saw on TV. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, we oh, were... Yeah. I totally but I, I will admit, like, they talked about, like, 90s commercials being, like, some of the greatest commercials of all time, which I don't disagree after looking at those commercials. They were weird. They were wild. They were wacky. They were they were all different kinds of volumes of types of commercials. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, 90s was great for commercials. Oh, yeah. So um, boring nowadays, like, about Yeah, they're so calculated and, like, so, uh, like... 
Oh god, they focus group them so much that they're just like they lose their pizzazz. Like I yeah, I, yeah. I, I like. Well, you can remember so many things from the 90s. I mean, I. Baby, bada, bada, baby, bada, bada. Okay, anyways. Yeah. Uh, but the like. Music that just sticks in your head. Oh my god, the jingles. Oh my god. This is yes. like. What is it? I was watching. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm on TikTok and just like. You know, scan around see what see what the see what my uh my younger generation likes to watch no i'm just kidding i just i like tiktok it's very enjoyable but anyway there is one that has like 90s nostalgia commercials and like we'll just play commercials from the 90s i'm like oh my god i remember that product oh my god like oh my god um yo-yo ball was like one of them there's like hey yeah it's a yo-yo ball and it's like just a ball and it's a yo-yo it's it's like song is like so much fun whatever it does it comes back to you and i'm like oh my god i remember that like whole like melody oh this that it's commercial was genius because it stuck in me for 20 years but um uh, exactly oh they're freaking geniuses anyway yeah the power of nostalgia oh so strong so strong anyway to the gaming topic, Liam, I know this is gaslighting, but this is what we do on this podcast, as you know, even though you're like, what the fuck, man? And it's like, oh, there we go. Oh, 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 monetization gone. Sorry, sorry. Oh, well, oh, that was like, what, 14 minutes into the podcast? A uh, 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 one viewer that happens to actually be me. <laughs> well the He's top we're gonna ring all the advertisers and tell them no cut him cut him bad language oh my god anyway but our topic today and I, I only did this because what ended up happening was i was you want to know the premise of why i picked this topic actually or you just want to know oh, yeah sure oh, okay so i was literally I do explain it. i was sitting in the office and i just see Obviously, God of War is a freaking masterpiece. Finish that thing. Like, going on my no, another playthrough fun. Actually, I'm trying to finish, like, 100% everything before I move on because I heard the... I've been hearing more that the end game stuff, when you explore more, there's tons of story and there's tons of surprises that you just... I don't even want to spoil it for people, but basically, like, you, there are things you did not... You will not... You will be utterly shocked that you found in your end game experience. It's super good. So um, I'm trying to, I like almost got through a whole area and finished it a hundred percent and some cool stuff I was learning, but anyways, I'm still doing it, but God of War, they announced they sold 5.1 million copies on opening week, which is the highest grossing I, selling. I think, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I think you do. <laughs> highest grossing selling uh, of, um, I believe it's just of a first party game ever in the first week, which is fantastic. Good for them. Like well deserved. Yeah. God of War. Better than Spider Man. That's great. Yeah. I I'm actually not shocked by that a little bit, just because God of War eighteen was such a ma ma my what was I gonna say? A ma mammoth? No, a mahemoth. It was such a mahemoth that like I just don't uh that's a great word though, my mammoth. I like that. Um, it's just it's like mamir, but a mammoth, my mammoth. Um, but anyways, uh, you know they sold that many, and good good for them. Like well, well, hundred percent, well deserved. It's a, it's my game of the year by far. Um, sorry, Elden Ring, you can suck it. <coughs> uh, um, but anyway, uh, 
Sorry, Liam. I broke I broke your heart a second time this year. Yeah, hopefully, I win the game of game award so I can take your game off the list once again. Um, oh, 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 <laughs> a, du- a double whammy for Liam. Uh, but anyway, I saw that and I was like, "Wow, well deserving, great job." But then Pokemon has to release that they sold 22 million copies worldwide, and that is the highest grossing selling Pokemon of all time. And it also just like made Kratos look like a little little wimpy little little boy as like Pikachu comes by and gives him a little electro shock. Um, but it ain't even bloody Christmas yet. I know that's what's pissing me off, and so. I I love Pokemon. Don't get me wrong. I have a love and nostalgia for Pokemon. But oh my god, Pokemon needs to change. Pokemon needs to evolve. Pokemon needs to actually become something more than what it is currently. And I'm so angry reviewers gave it such a good review, especially for how bad the graphics are for that game. Oh my god, I, technically... I, 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 what was it? What was it, Mitch? Can you remember what the reviews were? I thought they were giving them eights. Oh, maybe they were. I, I think, yeah, I, I think the Metacritic ended up being something like a 7.6 or something like that. Okay, like, I'm, more, I'm more respectable of that. It, it is it, it is a lot less than Pokemon games get on average, so it's like the worst review of Pokemon game in quite some time. Okay, if, if it's, ever, a, if it's I, a... I don't know. Actually, let me check the Metacritic score as of right now. Like, that would be a good idea for me to do. Po- yeah. Let's be honest, though. It's not because of the game. It's just because of the bugs. They they feel that they need to grade it down some. I know, right? And that's what's so annoying. And like, oh, let me Metacritic this. Seven. Okay, seven point four. Wait, okay, or is that a? Yeah, it's gone down. Okay, I'm more respectable of that right now. Okay, thank God, reviewers. I mean, you guys could do better. But anyway. Um, I saw it sold 22 million copies, which basically sales speaks more than review scores. Let's be honest. If the game sells, they'll keep making it. And so I was just like, oh my God, this game needs to not, not stop selling to the point where the game can't like hold its own anymore, but stop selling to make them wake up and say, let's make a real change. Let's actually make a change to Pokemon and not do this. Like I'm going to do a tiny iteration and then call it a brand new game. <laughs> it's like, no, don't do this to me. So, you know, Pokemon's in such a weird place. Um, and, you know, I kind of feel sorry for Big Freak in a way because they're, they're sort of like the mediators between Nintendo and the Pokemon company. And uh, it doesn't seem like either of them want to let another team have a crack at the games, other than uh, Ilka, who recently did uh, the. Diamond and Pearl remakes. Um, but um, it's sort of like, they have a very <laughs> small amount of employees, like when you think about the amount of games they put out, and it's just like, mm-hmm. why don't these people have more employees? Why aren't more resources being diverted to these people? Why, why don't they have a bigger budget? Well, yeah, and, yeah, and it comes off like, yeah. um, like the issue when they were talking about this game and how technically it's like really struggling in many aspects it sounds like as if especially because they're like oh yeah they pull it seems like they pulled some elements from arceus which would make sense is like you know they built this into their engine you know they're going to try to find ways to incorporate it into the other engines that they have for for pokemon and it just seems like you know what it reminds me of my favorite studio of all time 
Bethesda and their engines and just how they struggle with iteration because their foundation yeah. is just not there anymore. The foundation is now like cracked. Um, though they make the, the best video games on the market, uh, the, the foundation of their engine is cracked that there's just so many holes that release so many bugs because they, they need to basically start from scratch on a new engine. And I feel like Pokemon's kind of in a similar way. Like it seems as if they, uh, the specific one is that way, is that they, they try to incorporate some of the elements of Arceus that they built, but it seems like they didn't fill in all the cracks and the issues that were coming with the integration of those things because those systems were not meant to be combined potentially because of the way they built their engines. Like, yes, they may be using the Arceus engine, which has the open world elements already built into the engine, but like incorporating the battle system of a basic Pokemon game probably doesn't fit well with the engine or in, in, incorporating like, uh, like gym battles. Like some of those things are pre like pre-created inside code to be able to like, you know, integrate. And I, I wonder if those are also not like up to snuff, because those are 10 years old almost or like have been iterated for 10 years and not have been redone from scratch like it's almost as if they need to go away and redo it all over again so anyways topic video game franchises that people need to stop buying so they get a little bit of a wake-up call instead of just releasing the same thing and and not really iterating like they should so um, Pokemon was kind of the one that popped up on my list. I'm like, 22 million? You gotta be kidding me! Like, and it's not the best one. Like, it's just like, oh, it's like people are rewarding for bad Pokemon games, and I need people to stop that. <laughs> um, well, I think my perspective on this topic is probably going to be uh, quite surprising because I, I am an angry person that likes to scream at the sky. Wait, and, you uh, surprising? I'm shocked by those terms. <laughs> um, I do like to scream at people's viewpoints and uh, and uh, why they keep buying certain games, I guess. But but uh, uh, it's it's so annoying because um, it's like things that I don't like. I still sort of understand why people like them, buy them. Oh, I do like, too. I completely understand why people yeah. will buy these things. I'm just mad because it's they do buy the them. That we wish. <laughs> you, you just wish that they wouldn't buy them. You wish they would have a Christmas Carol moment where the ghost of gaming past comes over and be like, bonks you on the head and being like, "What you? you this is what you're doing. And the game of future comes over and goes like, the future is Call of Duty every year. Call of Duty, Call of Duty, same Call of Duty. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Well, actually, you know, if we're going to talk about Call of Duty, because that, that is, I'm sure, an example that many people feel passionately about. It's not on my um, list. It's not on my list. Unless you put it on your no, list, I'm not no. talking about it. I'm not talking about it unless you oh, put well, it on I, your I, list. I haven't even got a list, Mitch. I've got loads of things I can think of. I've, I've got loads of franchises that definitely make me feel that way a lot of the time. Give me one. Um, but, but I don't really have a list, per se. It's more like um, sometimes I just feel like I wish this franchise would calm the fuck down. It's like <laughs> you, you're just releasing games all the time to the point where it's like, did you even think this through? Did, did, did could we have something like like planning? <laughs> yeah. You know, 
can, can we have some time away from this franchise so we care a bit more when it comes back you know but yeah so people want to keep buying it. it yeah yeah and uh, i understand why people buy it but at the same time i wish they wouldn't <laughs> I, I wish that people would just let it be like ah you know i don't need this right now you wish you were the shopkeeper would smack their hand before they grabbed the copy. <laughs> it's just like, no! So I, I, I would be like, oh, instead of playing this game, why don't you play Elden Ring? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I would smack the person's hand and say, go get the other one. <laughs> like, yes, little, little nine-year-old boy, um, I know you want to play Call of Duty this year, but you're not allowed. It's over the age of 50. But uh, Elden Ring, ignore the age certificate there you go there you go small child no i would switch out and give them god of war hey what what's your one what's your one come on give me one give me one i mean for me uh, it's kind of hard because i have one but then i also feel the same way about many franchises uh, many franchises associated with this brand that's okay. We could do a power like you can pick a franchise, and then what we'll do is we can we could do a power round where we'll just run through a bunch of them at the end if we didn't get time to mention them. Okay. So don't worry. You'll, you'll get to burn the earth on all of them. We will give you the opportunity. I'm gonna say Assassin's Creed. Oh, that was mine. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. Extension, Ubisoft in general. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It, it's like um. Man, I, I used to love Assassin's Creed, and then I got a bit tired of it, right? I'm sure many, many people felt similarly. You know, which like, which is the Assassin's one that Creed you were one. like, which is the Assassin's Creed that kind of was like, okay, I'm done with Assassin's Creed? Oh, that I'm done with it. Uh, okay, gosh, two. Two questions. Hard. Two questions. Which one made you start waning, and which one did you drop? Waning. Yep. As in, like, okay, uh, well, as in, right, like, oh, it's starting to repeat. Okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know. And then, what's the one that made you just go, "I'm off, I'm off this train, I'm done, I'm not doing this anymore." Well, like, <laughs> okay, that, that's super easy. That, that's I started waning with uh, Assassin's Creed Revelations. It was like the mm, the, the, the finale yep. in the Ezio the Tori trilogy. Yep. Um, that was after, before, or after, that was a before Black Flag? Um, that, that, it was, um... Was it one game before? Then Revelations, then they did 3, and Black Flag. Oh, I thought it was 3, then Revelations. No, 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 3 came out after Revelations. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because Revelations was the finale in the, uh, Ezio Auditori. Gotcha. Uh, trilogy and then they moved on to Colin Kenway <laughs> to mixed responses I guess yeah um, but yeah the one I, I, I lost lost the ability to get was uh, Odyssey and and I still haven't played it and, and it's not because I'm sure the game is a quality product that I would probably enjoy maybe with a bit of time <laughs> um but but it's just like you, you release Origins and then you follow it up straight away with Odyssey and it's just like I haven't even had time to play Origins, you know. <laughs> like I want to play this freaking huge game that that is mind-bogglingly large, um, you know. Right after The Witcher had come out, <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Interesting. Uh, like I would say, oh, I'm I'm almost very I'm very similar to you. Like when the when the waning started and when the when the when the I, I'm done happened. Uh, so for me, it was like I don't think I picked one up after three. And then when yeah. I did pick one up, I would have been Black Flag. Um, yeah, I started. I guess I started waiting on Black Flag because I was like, I was. One, I was really dissatisfied with the story in three. I was very confused by yeah. the story in three because Minerva got very Minerva gets released, and it's like this whole epic of like, don't release her, don't release her. She gets released, and then Black Flag, everything seems okay. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, isn't Minerva out? Isn't the world like over? Like, is it? Isn't this like a bad ending? Like, or something? Whatever. And so that it just became extremely confusing to me. I just like did not understand. I was like, yeah. okay, then what's the story again? I don't even remember. And then uh, I I'm not as much into pirates, so it wasn't my thing to like play for. Um, even though I know a lot of people uh, liked it, I liked the ship combat in three. And so I was like, maybe I would like four for the ship combat, but just it's not my thing. Um, and then I went to go I, pick. I would say four kind of saved it for me a little bit. Because <laughs> uh, then I go play Origins. I get in the first two minutes, I fall off the world. And I'm just like, if this is oh, the wow. experience I'm getting, no. And this is a year after the game came out. This is like a no, Witcher. It's it was, worse. Yeah. And I was just like, and then, then I was like, okay, I'm going to get Origins a real shot. Let's do this. Let's give Origins a it's shake. God, it was awful. I mean, it's just in my in my brain, awful personally. Not it's not a bad like made game. It's a it's a fine it's a it's a, it's a good made game. It's not a great game in my opinion, but it's just like the combat no no feedback on that combat at all. It's like I'm playing a, it's like I'm playing an M M MMO. Like, you know, it's like you it's like I right click and then he's just slashing away and it's just nothing's there. If I do the, if I, and I've said this on the podcast before, but if I take the time to hide and go for an assassination, I should get the freaking kill. It doesn't matter how strong the enemy is, I should get the kill. Not like 10% off their health and then everyone gets alarmed. Then what's the point of going stealth? There's like no reward for it. So like, what am I playing? I, I I think Assassins is in the title, right? Like, that's your whole point is stealth, bro. Like, I, it's, it's so weird as well because Assassins barely even feature in the story of. That's game. the other like, part. They're not even called Assassins. I know. It's just like it does, and then the the plot, like the the changeover with the Aesir and turning them into like gods, and then like like playing off the mythologies it's like no it, it makes no sense it's just all of it just doesn't make any sense it's all a boohoo of garbage in the like the modern world for me even though for like i believe it was most people didn't care about the modern world stuff i did and that was some of the most fascinating oh, like stuff for me too like i thought the mystery was really fascinating and interesting and the fact that it is all now just seems like a throwaway to me. I was just like, oh, I'm just like, why do you guys keep buying this? And then now now they're coming out with like seven more games. And it's just like, no, stop, 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 yeah. stop buying. <laughs> it, it is a pain. Um, it's painful. And... It's painful to watch for me. Because yeah. I'm just do, like, do you feel they can do better. Though it's, 
it's like a difficult proce- um, prospect to even get back into this franchise at this point, you know. <sighs> it's sort of like you played all of the other games sort of in order, and now wanting to get back on the train, it's like, I, I don't want to oh, play l- let me through. Let me tell you, obviously, I... I tried to watch someone explain to me on YouTube. Like this guy's a really good like explainer of like retrospectives. Tried to explain the story of Odyssey Origins and Valhalla. I can't tell you a damn thing of what's going on in that game. It is a hoopla of just utter nonsense. I'm just so confused and just like how are it's like i just don't i just don't i can't it's it's painful it hurts it hurts too much like i and they're like oh yeah we're bringing back the assassin's creed you love with this new one and i'm like i don't believe you don't believe them i don't believe you (laughs) no well it's funny because the plot in the present days has always been a bit convoluted yeah it's like you're like you're there and you're like i i really want to find out what happens but you can acknowledge from a storytelling perspective that yeah things keep getting a bit more convoluted each each game but but at least you have the um the other storyline that's going on yeah at and the I... same time and you're like oh th- these stories are really interesting and great and the way they integrate some of the science fiction that aspects into these games is like uh, it's not over the top it, it fits in quite well mm-hmm. you know it, it lends itself to that world while also being historically accurate and interesting actually it got me a lot more into history um most definitely oh um, for sure it was but, cool but then to... you know yeah oh. it's just now now the games have just gone way too far with it and then <laughs> you know the plots become unhistorically accurate and a bit ridiculous yeah, um, like re- real, real science fiction ain't even that great. True, real like real talk. I think the first game to choose a like murder mystery as like the as the the premise of the real world was fascinating. I think they did that. Yeah, I, I think it wasn't perfectly done, but I think it was done well enough that made me fascinated. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, especially at the end, because you get the eagle vision at the end of the game, and you like you go into your prison cell and you see all this writing everywhere, and it makes no sense. I really think, unfortunately, two is where they dropped the ball. Where I think, uh, for some re- for for some reason, I do- I also think two is where they dropped the ball for Assassin's Creed just in general. And I know that is a very unpopular opinion because a lot of them were like, oh my God, two is the one that finally realized exactly what they were trying to do. And I think at the time I believed it too. I really did. But looking back now, I think two is where they lost the ball. Um, Two is where they lost the ball with the story, with like taking Desmond out of the Asturbo. Sturgo Lab and like doing this whole like oh we're gonna transfer the powers and like you can become your ancestors assassin by like reliving their memories kind of get it but I like all of a sudden it lost the mystery of like who the heck is subject 13 and like you don't meet them until uh until Assassin's Creed 3 or no uh, Revelations you meet them in Revelations which is like what the what the f like where you been this whole time like we never really like explored anything with him after that or like tried to like solve the mystery at all like you had just this looming mystery for three games like what's going on so that there's that with the normal stuff and then for the game design of like doing assassin's creed 2 
Yes, they made things. They gave you a lot more side missions. They gave you a, the villa, and you had to like you you grow your villa. It's like they overbloated the game. Um, one of the things I really loved about the original was the simple premise of this is your this is who you're supposed to assassinate. We're going to give you side things that help you to contribute to assassinating the person, and also. In doing that, you can find out new strategies and figure out different ways. Like they could have evolved this into a franchise where it's like similar to Hitman, but better. And like they didn't go that direction. And this is this, and I think that's where they dropped the ball. I think they could have married Hitman and a little of the open world stuff to make something truly extraordinary, something unique that we never seem in the games industry. But in the end, they turned themselves into a hoopla of open-world RPG. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. I do see where you're coming from. And, and yeah, I could see an alternate reality where they did go exactly the way that you're saying and, and were much the better for it. <laughs> because, yeah, things do become a little bit... It's sort of like um, the direction they had in the first game was a lot more focused than yeah. the franchise eventually becomes. You know, because when when you said two, it's kind of funny because I was kind of close to you, but I, I I think they sort of lost the plot with Brotherhood and then everything after that. <laughs> I um, got it. I have to admit, with you, Brotherhood's yeah. my favorite game. I, I like Brotherhood a lot, but it's more it's more like looking at it sort of backwards and thinking that the, the choices they made there seemed illogical especially with the modern day stuff and and uh sort of like they they do these things like these twists to sort of fuck with you um but it's like they it's more like they're doing it for the sake of it rather than because it ha actually is an important story beat that needs mm -hmm. to happen yeah yeah um and and you know by the time you get to three you're like yeah they, they didn't have really fucking clue what they were doing <laughs> did they <laughs> it seemed like they never communicated with each other they, that was the unfortunate yeah. part. Yeah. Well, well, they fired the original creator of the games, didn't they? Um, twice. <laughs> um, Patrice Des Des Desolais, I think that's how you pronounce his name. And um, also, two games. also, it almost seemed as if they didn't know what to do with uh, what they made. Like, they made something, and they're like, we didn't plan ahead of like what would actually be the future until we until the game sold so well. And then we're like, shoot, we got to make a sequel. <laughs> Yeah, and it might have benefited them slightly if they hadn't tried to put out a game every single bloody year. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, jeez. Uh, because you took mine, I can't think of my. I can't think of my third at the moment. Do you have another on your list? Don't. But we we can talk about Call of Duty if you like. I I, I feel the elephant in the room. Let's do it. Let's. I should just. We should just I, tackle I'm, the elephant in the room. I'm of two minds about it, um, because I, I love Call of Duty. I, I, I bought it every year to a point. I stopped. The first game I didn't buy on a yearly release cycle was Black Ops 4, because no campaign, fuck off. You know, I, I don't want to support that kind of um, practice. It's like you're selling me the same game, but without a key feature that's been in every game since. No thanks, that's not cool. And also because, well, <laughs> was it, um, yeah, World War Two, um, or WW Two, was was just a terrible game in almost every way, 
and just had the most underhanded, shady microtransactions. And well, it was trying to be Destiny, except it just did not work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate the game. But, but I guess my point is, it's, it's kind of funny to me because Black Ops 2 was the last great Call of Duty game, in my opinion. And ever since then, it's sort of blunder to blunder. Uh, interesting ideas that don't get taken far enough. Um, gameplay mechanics that feel like a gimmick uh, and just not really taking the franchise in the right direction. Until recently. Um, but during all of those years that I was very sort of annoyed with the franchise for not doing what you wanted it to, what you thought it could very easily do, it sort of, um, everybody kept buying it, you know, the sales didn't go down. In fact, the franchise was doing pretty well for a while there, until Infinite Warfare, which ironically was the first Call of Duty game for a while. I was like, man, this is cool. This is, this is sick. Um, yeah, and and now, now hopefully, hopefully this doesn't get changed. They're finally changing from a yearly release cycle, which for me means everything because I it's great to be playing Modern Warfare Two right now, and to know that I don't have to just stop playing this game next year because they brought out yet another Call of Duty. <laughs> I mean, it's nice that, oh yeah, I'm going to be able to put all my time into this game for the next two years. I, I mean, we'll see. They might change their mind if the FTC decides to, to stop the acquisition. They're like, oh, we need that fast yeah. cash again. We can't rely on that Microsoft money no more. <laughs> um, not not that they rely on it now or anything. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I yeah. I have Modern Warfare 2. Um, just at, I have a code for it. I haven't... Oh, just, take, just, just lying there. I just lying there. I haven't taken up on the offer yet to to play. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those juggernauts. It's just like I I think I guess I just I guess I guess there are two kinds of like in my mind is like I guess there is two kinds of like gaming products out there. There is some that is just a machine that is just meant to make cash for a for a place, whereas like. <laughs> obviously as one that that makes games is like sees games as more of an art form and like really wants to like push the boundaries of of what technology can do push the boundaries of how we see games and how we play games and all that kind of aspect and like it's it's very difficult to see just a game just like doing it for the money it's it's like uh so it's that's my frustration with call of duty not and not saying they don't push the boundaries in some way but it's just it's not enough time to really push the boundaries of games like games take a long ass time to make you know why they take a long ass time to make because they are difficult when you're trying to create something that is pushing something that you've never that boundaries we have not gone to before or doing something we have never done before it just takes so much time to do it because it's a lot of it's a lot of trial and error and and iteration and all that kind of stuff and it's just like when you have a set timetable like call of duty has you don't have room you don't have time because you have to make the release date like you could you could see with vanguard like how much in the news they were pushing that like hey this thing needs to ship this year and we are doing whatever it takes to get it to ship this year 
compromising the product, they're fine with that as long as it ships this year. Oh, dude! Before before that game got um, announced, even yeah, because that game got announced like super late. Yeah, yeah. Compared to when most Call of Duty games get announced, it was like August when usually they announce them in like in May or April. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that game just sounded like an absolute disaster. Sound like a train wreck. Come. Yeah, yeah, and it came out, and I was like, wow, this isn't a disaster. <laughs> um, which is quite funny, because the game ended up like being a bit of a flop, by mm-hmm. Call of Duty standards. Um, yeah. But but it's just like, you know, things shouldn't be this way. You shouldn't be, like, freaking rushing to the finish line, like, oh, this game's going to be a mess. This game's going to be a mess last month. I was like, oh, <laughs> I think it's right. <laughs> well, you also got to look at it in the, the mentality of, like, you know, like doing a rush job is also putting stress on everybody. Like, it's just, it's not, I don't want to support that kind of environment for people. Like, it's just not what I want to do. Like, it's just, yes, do do developers love what they do and will spend some extra time to work on what they love? Sure, that happens everywhere. But there is a, there is a line, and we call it crunch, where it's like, there's a line and you just develop like nowadays developers don't want to pass that line, which is good. It's very good that that's happening in this industry, that it is, it is to be taken seriously and does not mean that, that developers aren't going to work a little extra time on the product to like, make sure that they, they, they their best work is there, but they are not over accessing outside their means where that product, that, that, that's just an encouragement of over excessiveness, especially when you have short timetables, all that kind of stuff. It is over. And yeah, do they have hundreds of people working on this product? Yes. But that just means there's more opportunities for utter disaster and which can cause so many issues for so many people that could then work outside those means that are outside of I'm working a little bit longer today because I really want to work on this thing that I'm working on rather than I have to work extra long hours now because this thing screwed it up that not blaming people because that's not what we do. We there's there's things we make and it breaks. We all know this happens. So it's like I got to stay longer because this thing is broken and I'm the only I'm like one of the 10 people that have to fix it. And it's just like I have to stay. And that's just, that's not the mentality you want. And like, that's just not where my dollar's going to go. Like, you're in, like I don't want to support that um, type of culture and that mentality. So I'm happy they're transitioning out of it so they give them more time. You know what they should have done, though, Mitch? They, 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 and they should have done this, you know, because it's the right thing to do. But, you know, Activision's never going to do the right thing to do. You know, they'd prefer to be Oprah and be like, uh, you get crunch and you get crunch. And uh, oh, you know that game you're working on? We're going to cancel that for now. Instead, Crunch. <laughs> Crunch is nice, right? You know, it's just like uh, they should have delayed that game by a year. Just kept to the development teams that they had, given them an extra year. You know, put more content into Black Ops Cold War because that, that game was pretty popular. I wasn't playing it much, but well, people liked it. And and then you know those teams wouldn't have had to cancel their games and and, and basically stop working on them. I would say um, it's not as simple as that um, to like say oh you get an extra year and like oh throw some extra content in there. 
these things are so meticulously planned from start to finish to make a serious pivot like that and then all of a sudden to be like let's add some content in a year it's not as simple as um as you would make it out to be um, yeah. for them for them all they would be able to do probably is to polish and then maybe add a few things but not to the extent that it seems like the year was worth it well the, the thing is is that the product was there it's just they they knew that they couldn't finish it in the time that they had mm -hmm. you know so instead they all of these developers you know that didn't want to work on call of duty and forced them to work on it Toys for like, Bob. Yeah, sorry, you're done with Crash. Go you work on. <laughs> yeah, it's just like if, if that team had been given an extra year, that it probably would have been the exact same product we got, but a year later, to be honest, um, and it probably would have flopped just like uh, everybody, just like it did. And um, and ironically, um, the next game, Modern Warfare 2, that we have now, probably would have gotten another extra year. Um, it, it's interesting to imagine a a, a, a different reality where that would have happened um but, but that's the thing isn't it, it is mm -hmm. um we've just rewarded them with a bunch of money from modern warfare 2 after after that disaster so so you i know, mean never learn their lesson you want to know another disaster we gave their money to which is the next on my list oh yeah what was that cd project red stop giving them your oh. money until they come out with a product that is not utterly not functioning correctly please stop giving them your money like i just again i'm not advocating for studios to shut down i'm just advocating for people to spend their money where we can make sure that studios are actually coming out with good products and making sure like they're successful for the right reasons not the wrong reasons and right now i feel like they're successful for the wrong reasons and it's just like oh my god like I, I hopefully I am utterly praying to the gods people have learned their lesson with uh with Cyberpunk 2077 but I just don't know. <laughs> this is the overwhelming like overarching question that is in my brain is like will gamers learn after that? And seeing the the though it is my my uh, most anticipated game of the year until uh until uh December 31st, 2022, um, Starfield seems to be a game that people are falling for, just like they did with Cyberpunk. Not saying the product was going to... Not saying that the product is going to be the same as Cyberpunk 2077, because we don't know. But the way that they that Starfield has used the marketing and the hype of people... And journalists, the way they have used them for hype, just like Cyberpunk 2077, seems to come off as if this is another game that if, if, it, though it's my anticipated game for uh, the end of this year, if it, it falls short like a Cyberpunk 2077, we're going to run into a similar issue. Uh, fortunate enough, at least there's a thing called Game Pass and the people just will unsubscribe to it compared to like actually buying the product and having to try to return it. Which that whole fiasco is a, another di disaster of its own. But what I'm trying to say basically is I think we'll really learn what people 
uh, where people have actually like understood and learn. Did people learn their lesson from Cyberpunk 2077? And I'm not sure because of Starfield that they have because I. Th- I, I I am I am even though I I think Starfield's going to be fine, but um, at the same time I, I don't think people have learned their lessons at all. <laughs> And uh, to be honest, I'm not sure they ever will. <laughs> um, well, you know, just just a bit of good marketing can really, really do it for people. You know, I just and, uh, CD Projekt Red could do it again as well. And, uh, I don't think they will, but they could. And and I think people would offer it a second time. <laughs> I really or, well, well, or probably a third time. This one. Yeah, I for developers that are giving you a lot of coined phrases i always tell you i I always tell a person wait until you actually see the game don't take their word for it we are always over ambitious in the beginning because we because we are i mean that's what we think we can achieve and then when you get to the nooks and crannies and actually working heads down on the project things get cut things don't get fit in things just don't make it that you want to make and or you run into an issue of like oh this engine cannot handle this or the hardware cannot support this um, because we have all these other core elements in the game that we need and we just can't support this now a lot of times when they talk most of the time they're talking about core elements so they stay in the game but just the colorful language just be uh, just be mindful of the colorful language used because uh those numbers can change from you can explore a million planets to no that's not how many you actually can explore um well uh, i heard they hired peter molyneux as their their spokesperson so oh is he bringing things are only gonna get clearer is he bringing milo with him (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i I expect i expect milo as a (laughs) co-star he's a companion you can have in the game just a small child who's just who's very realistic don't trip on the rock milo <laughs> just, <laughs> oh my god if people don't know what that is go look up xbox press conference of milo this project that never came out and it was, it was i think we all correct me if i'm wrong did we learn it's all fake it wasn't even real um do we? I can't remember. I, I, I thought I read something, but I could be totally wrong. It's so long ago, but I thought I read something to say like Milo was like not even like reacting to the the player. It was all scripted. I mean, I I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, mean, I wouldn't be shocked it, either. It seems pretty. Just just you just like it, it seems fake in the way that you don't even need somebody to tell you it's fake. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but it's but it's old yeah. enough. It's like two thousand six that it's old enough. You're like. Yeah. But it could be real. It's <laughs> not sure. It's, it's sort of like Peter Molyneux went, "Yeah, Milo, that's going to happen. That's going to happen." That's it. Um, we're working on Fable: The Journey now. Um, uh, Milo, oh, oh, who's that again? Uh, <laughs> oh, Agent, right? Uh, agent. Milo. I'm sorry, Agent. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm agent, sorry. Ra- game, but... Rockstar. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. wait, Agent. No. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Agent. <laughs> well, I, I think that I think the problem with Agent is Rockstar just don't seem. Well, they they, they never just said, okay, Agent ain't. Well, well, did you read? Uh, did you read the story? Of like how Agent. I, I read the story. Yeah. Of Agent. Oh, uh, the premise sounded so good. Yeah. Of like when they were working on it. It, it did sound great. 
and and it seems as though it never really came together. Left the pre-production stage, I guess. <sighs> Kinda, yeah. It was like in mid. It yeah. was like a, a little bit past pre-production, but yeah, it was pretty close to. Like, it see, it seemed that, like that, they had workable builds. Kind of yeah, that, that's the kind of thing I would kind of like Rockstar to work on now. <laughs> you know, because it's sort of exciting and interesting. Yeah. So, um, so mine is and, and CD Project. So mine is CD Project Red. People need to mm. hold the horses when they come out with a new project. Hold the horses. Wait and see. You know, I think even I was shocked. And again, I'm, I guess I'm not shocked. Game journalism. Oh my god! It's just it needs to change. It's 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 uh, uh, I, the reviewers uh, I, I, reviewers I, I, need to review correctly. Like we need to stop with this seven to ten scale BS because it is now really like when these games aren't coming out really well done, we need the seven to ten. We need we need a, a a zero to ten scale, not a seven to ten scale. So like for this Pokemon game that just came yeah. out, we yeah. really needed to say like, oh, it's actually a six right like because it's like it's it's above yeah. average but it really is struggling with the hardware it's not iterating like it needs oh. to it's it's a six not not a 7.4 you know, this, this could be a whole topic onto itself uh, mitch um it's sort of like um i wish i wish reviewers were more open to one exactly what you just talked about and two um, being more open to um, re-reviewing games, you know, going back a year later and going, this game's changed quite a lot, and it's a different game than it was a year ago. Let's re-review it. It's you know, it's a, with the way things are these days, with yeah. you know, the project you get, <laughs> the product you get. I can respect that compared to a year later. Yeah, I, I wish they would do that, and I wish. Um, I also wish they would change the kind of relationship they have with the games industry a little bit, you know, and yeah. like getting a little less involved with the hype cycles for these games and actually getting down to the brass taxes of actually being conscious that they're helping the public decide what games they should buy. Oh, but even, even that gets a bit touchy, you know, because it's like... Uh, uh, I don't know. It's a complicated topic. <laughs> yeah, also having less of a revolving door, or if they are having that revolving door, they need to be a little more open about that. Um, why they made yeah. the change? Like, um, you know, I mean, actually, I'm just not going to use examples. Uh, but like, there are there's been some recently that have moved over to some gaming companies, and uh, all I ask is they they share reasoning for it. Like I, I know people will be understanding of it with doing yeah, the totally. doing that transition, but it just tarnishes the work they did a little bit, and like yeah. people will then be skeptical about what they did at that place, especially if they go work for a studio they reviewed for. It's just like I, I'm hundred percent respect the work they do. Yeah, I just I ra I. I think trans job, right? yes and i think people understand that too and i think what people are yes we are appeasing there, there will be some of the few that won't believe you regardless of what you say mm. but i think the majority will and i think the majority understand and the majority just want reasoning and then once they get that reason they're like i'm good thanks for telling me like i just wanted yeah. to, i'm just Sorry. curious like were, were you just trying to like get a job or what, what was your thing like what was 
And it's like, that's all you have to do. And I, that's just like, um, yeah. it's, it's like, uh, don't act like it's not weird because it is a bit, it weird, is weird. You know? like, yeah. Especially if you're honest about it up front, you know, especially well, we if know you there's go a lot of crossover between the industry and, and the writers, you know, uh, well, the game site writers, and, you know, they meet people and they talk to people mm -hmm. because it's part of their job and uh you're gonna make connections and you know that's what people do it they do it in, in college and university and uh, you do it in the industry and there's so much crossover that of course you're gonna you're gonna be open to opportunities that that most people aren't gonna have presented to them so you know just just being honest about it and talking about it and taking the weirdness out of it would be a nice thing to do because yeah. uh you know a higher salary Ain't nothing to scoff at. Let's be honest. No, higher salary, and then maybe working at a place you've always wanted to work at. Like, yes, would you wish? Yeah. Like, totally. I think I think people are like, well, aren't you ungrateful what you have? Probably not. I mean, they probably aren't ungrateful. They probably really love that they get to play games. All like that's their that's like half their job. They get to play games, and then they get to write about them, and then they get to chat with some of the coolest people in video games. Like, like I'm fortunate that. I've been able to meet Neil Druckmann multiple times and, and have multiple conversations with Neil Druckmann. But, like, those people get to do it for talking about their game. And, like, that's super great. And, like, it is a cool experience to be able to talk to some of the great, great creators in the industry. Like, it is awesome to be able to do that. So, like, I'm not, no takeaway from that. Like, it is probably for them, like, the best job ever. But, like, there's also probably better opportunities elsewhere. There's, a, or the, to work for the one studio they always admired. And it's like, yeah, did they give those review scores a 10? Yeah, because they made hell of amazing games. But, like, and and then they offered me a job and i'm like of course i want to take it like they made the best game in the industry it's not because i like wrote the review to like get a job with them to say oh you make the best games ever it's because no you did make the best game ever like what the hell um yeah i i, I think the more transparency with that is more helpful i mean i wish we tackled video game reviews like we tackled the movie industry a little bit with like Ron Tomatoes needs to come out with a game section. I don't they probably do, but like literally fresh and like Rotten Tomatoes need to be like a actual oh. thing for games. Like I do you that, know how that would be some absolute thinkers on Rotten Tomatoes if they put games on there. Oh my god, it would be so fascinating <laughs> to see what games would get like a fresh and a rotten <laughs> tomato. Like would this Pokemon game get a rotten tomato? Like that this would be borderline <laughs> rotten tomato. But that's, that's true. but that's what we need as game in as the game industry instead of being like, oh a new Pokemon's out, oh it's just, just ugh, sevens, eights, I'm seeing the, the scores across the board, like oh my god, I'm no, I'm, yeah. no all respect to it's like ch ch children can play it fine, but it's a borderline unplayable game for most people. Most gamers yep and and i and no disrespect to the kind of funny crew and blessing at all but i just i i have i did see blessings review and then see what the product's out there I, I don't understand why he gave it such a high mark the way he did he gave it a four out of five i'm yeah. like what no dude that's a three like you just can't can I, uh, you may have nostalgia for pokemon <laughs> And you like Pokemon. Sorry, I almost not. You may like Pokemon. He has nostalgia yeah. for Pokemon and thinks, oh, this is the iteration we need. It's not an iteration. It it doesn't do very many changes to the to the formula to really make a, a true evolution. And like I'm like it's just like I I, I disagree with you extremely. And mm -hmm. I just like I, I I I bet he would give it a fresh tomato and for me that would be really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's weird to me, just in general, that kind of funny is even doing reviews to begin with. 
um, let alone review scores, you know, I, I felt like that was part of the reason they sort of splintered off from games media to get away from that kind of critique. You know, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's just weird. Kinda, uh, I think they did, but I think they also wanted to just do their own thing, like to have full control of what they did and not have. You know, not saying IGN is just this rude place that no one enjoys working for. It's just it's just a behemoth of a company. It's got standards that their own that they created. And this allows kind of funny yeah. to make their own standards of what they think is best. The, the thing is, is that like we can both admit that review scores are sort of pointless, especially because they don't even use the full scale. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Like, agreed. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like we, we get away from these big media companies because people come to us to hear our opinions and actually hear those mm-hmm. opinions not not to just have everything come down to a to a score you know they hear our opinions they hear the full context of it and you know you say why oh i love this game because of that but beware there are these problems that you might have with it you know that that's a far more um it's just a far more appropriate way to to, to condition people to a product compared to like my gm review score Oh, hundred percent. I understand why they do that. Yeah. IGN, needs to IGN needs to take the Rotten Tomato and do like a do like something with a game and just be like, um, uh, uh, this one's a this one's a broke uh, no not a broken game because then that would be used in wrong terminology. Anyway, like as soon as we Rotten Tomato up the the game reviews, that's when I think the game industry will move forward for the better because like if you look at yeah. it, like. Gamers automatically, even like looking at the re, uh, the the user scores of games, a lot of the time the games are like seven to ten scale for them too, because they're like well, we don't say, we uh, don't want to play because they're like we don't want to play by the the same rules of every like the, the we don't we we want to play by the same rules as the as the journalists because if we then play by a different set of rules, which is the zero to 10 scale, then our review looks horrible. And they're like, oh, they don't get it. This game's a six. And it's like, but it is a six. And the, and the reviewers gave it like a seven and a half because it's a seven to 10 scale. And so like, it's yeah. just, so wouldn't you say though, Mitch, uh, that the, the steam review scale is actually quite helpful um, to, to, um, way that the public reviews a lot of games, I would say. Um, you know, expo- you, I'm not on Steam have... very much, so you might have to explain that. Uh, okay. well, well, Steam has always been extremely helpful for most PC gamers because they, they do this thing where they have the total consensus of a game that's reviewed over time by its users. And, you know, it's, it's usually pretty dead on, pretty, you know, it, it sort of goes with the way the public feel about something at that time. But then they also have uh, how people see the game after its most latest patch. So every time there's a patch, that the reviews basically reset. They mm. take into account how people have reviewed it after that review score. So, so you, like, say for instance, if if you look up Cyberpunk on Steam, you'll see oh mixed. <laughs> so people are very mixed on Cyberpunk. But if you look after the latest patch, mm. people will say oh gen- genuine, you know, generally positive, and you know, it's a very different perception to when that game launched. I think the difference is sort of a bit like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I think it's helpful. I almost, I yeah, I would say the only thing I would change to that element was I would actually like make specific. Well, I guess for Steam it's different because here's the tricky thing: games get patched, right? Not everyone has the patch. Not everyone has access to the patch. 
It's why we try to make games like playable from start to finish with as, as little issues as possible without patching. Um, oh, that, that's so out the window these days. I, no, games are still playable and patched. It, 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 Unless you're a Sony game or a Nintendo game, then that's not including Pokemon. Oh my god, imagine um, playing that without the patch. Oh my god. Um, uh, although I suppose PlayStation did do Days Gone as well, so... Uh. Uh, it's uh yeah but um i just like i uh, for that iteration of that kind of thing what i would like would be like day uh, like no patch day one patch like updated patch so that like you could see the scores for each of them so like based off the one you have so then if you're like oh i haven't patched this thing you see the review score much higher for it being patched and you're like oh i should patch the thing like not just have the assumption yeah, yeah. that you patched it so that's the only thing I would change about that. But like, yeah, no, that's a great idea. They, the Steam should literally implement something like that. I mean, if they don't already, I'm not sure <laughs> they could have that for all I know. Yeah, because like, but like Steam, it's not the same. Because Steam, you have to have internet connection. You have to be able to like, so automatically yeah. it will patch itself. It's like unless you force well, and, 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 it not and to patch, like there's just no other yeah. way. And obviously, Steam review scores only only cater to games on Steam. Right. Know? Yeah, it's so like that, that's why I think uh, Rotten Tomatoes would be useful for video games. Yeah, and they might force video games to actually play by real rules of a zero to zero to ten scale for once. <laughs> you, be nice. It would be an interesting world we live in if we had zero to ten scale. Because yeah, it would be. My favorite game of all time that I say is like a ten is a ten on the seven to ten scale, but like. My ten at that time, I would probably give it like a nine point six. Mm. You know, um, I think it's worth saying as well, Mitch. That I, I don't think uh, the blame rests solely on the games critics. I think some of it lies on the public as well. You know, because if I was if I was a uh, if I was a journalist right now uh, writing a review, I, I would be scared to give a game a six out of ten. You know, because. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of like the public mentality that if a game gets a 6 out of 10, it's a game that nobody should play. It's basically trash, you know? But that's why we and, need uh, to re-educate. And like... Yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is that that mentality didn't come exclusively from the games. Really. It started there, they though. sort of been made to feel that way because of the way that people react to the way they review games. No, I, sort of I, like, I would... This game got a... You know, this game got a 6, that... That means that game's garbage, you know. And no. the, the reviewer's like, no, it's not garbage. It's, it's totally playable. But it's flawed, you know. Um, I would disagree. I mean, you know, yeah. I would disagree only okay, because, because like, think about the movie industry. We have Rotten Tomatoes. Movies right now sit at, like, a 38%. And some movies sit at a 67%. And no, and people are uproar about, regardless of what percentage of Rotten Tomatoes is uh, on there I, for the score. Some, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love some thirty percent films that critics find thirty percent, but like the users find seventy percent. Um, but I think it, yeah. that that margin helps create like a difference and sees the stark difference between okay, reviewers didn't really like this movie, but like people saying at home, oh, they just find it a popcorn movie, sweet. It's a six. It's a. It's a, like a seven out of ten for a popcorn movie. That's great. So like, I think there are elements there, and I think no, I I would blame this solely on journalism 
not journalist, okay. but journalism of games journalism and how it has evolved over the time of creating itself into a seven to 10 scale. Because if I go back in the day, there were two out of fives. Back in the day, yeah. there were one out of fives. Back in the day, I, I, the I, I saw Game Informer reviews giving games fives. Like, I've seen that. Do I see that anymore? No. And I think I think the standard just needs to change again. Back to, like, saying, let's go back to what, how we did things. Not every game is a, a, like, yes, could we give more games? Like, uh, I think we need to re reestablish and reconsider what games uh, reviews are. Um, because, like, if it's just a average to okay game, a five is a reasonable score to give a game. Um, if it's really, if it's a little bit pushing the boundary, a six is okay to give a game. Like, Gotham Knights, what, what, what is Gotham Knights on Metacritic? Now I gotta look this up. No, but that, 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 I mean, I would say that's right to be low in my opinion. Um, Gotham. I don't know. I might change my mind after you say what it is. <laughs> Sixty-nine. I feel like that's a. I feel like that's just a six. User score is a five. <laughs> Average, like if if I round up, it's four point eight. That, that, I'd say that's dead on where I thought that game is a seven. But, yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Because a a a, a six point nine in a lot of gamers' eyes is like never touch this. This game has no value whatsoever. Yeah. In a nutshell, basically, these review scores contribute to how much people sell these games. And like James, we need people to stop buying. <laughs> so thank you. It's all the vicious cycle. It's all a vicious cycle. We kind of, I think we were, were we in the end found the core root of the issue. So no, uh, it wasn't a tangent after all. It was perfectly salient. It was exactly what we planned. Thank you for watching Pixel Pints. If you like to follow us, we stream every single weekend here on twitch.tv slash pixelpints. If you want to know when we go live, except for this weekend future weekends uh just follow us at pixel underscore pints or go to instagram at pixel pints pod and you find fun pictures and uh we'll post the episodes there as well but we also post them on twitch.tv slash pixel pints also on youtube just look up pixel pints and finally every single podcasting service around the globe we have it there if you want to listen to our beautiful voices but if you want to watch us on on a video i mean you know you got twitch you got youtube all that fun stuff thanks liam we have not done a show where it's just you and me so that that was this was fun yeah yeah i, I thought it might be a bit strange with just two people but no i think it worked out fun no that's that's we're, we're professionals that's what we do and on that note <laughs>